الحمد لله الحمد لله وكفى والصلاة والسلام على سيدنا المصطفى صلى الله عليه وعلى آله وأصحابه وبارك وسلم تسليما كثيرا كثيرا أما بعد فقد قال الله تبارك وتعالى في القرآن المجيد والفرقان الحميد بعد أعوذ بالله من الشيطان الرجيم بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم أم حسبتم أن تدخلوا الجنة ولما يأتكم مثل الذين خلوا من قبلكم مستهم البأساء والضراء وزلزلوا حتى يقول الرسول والذين آمنوا معه متى نصر الله ألا إن نصر الله قريب وقال رسول الله صلى الله عليه وسلم المؤمن القوي خير وأحب إلى الله من المؤمن الضعيف وفي كل خير أو كما قال عليه الصلاة والسلام صدق الله صدق الله المولان العظيم وصدق رسوله النبي الحبيب الكريم ونحن على ذلك لمن الشاهدين والشاكرين والحمد لله رب العالمين Respected brothers, honorable elders, assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh. With Ramadan being on our doorstep, I had initially thought about saying something about zakat and its importance and the philosophies of Islam behind the obligation of zakat. But we know that what is facing us this coming Monday, and Allah Ta'ala Ta'ala grant all of us safety and security, but there is a protest plan and there is a national shutdown that is that is hoped to be achieved by such a protest. So I felt it imperative that we say something about this topic because it is very important that we be ready and we be, be, be prepared for this. The Nabi of Allah sallallahu alayhi wa has made mention and he said, لا أقلق التدبير That there is no wisdom and intelligence like good planning and preparation. There is no wisdom and intelligence that can equate to good planning and preparation. We find in the Nabi of Allah sallallahu alayhi wa this very same example. And Allah says in my Nabi is the best of examples. لَقَدْ كَانَ لَكُمْ فِي رَسُولِ اللَّهِ أُسْوَةٌ حَسَنًا So what do we find in the life of the Nabi of Allah? We find a beautiful paradox in his life. On one hand, the Nabi of Allah would make such preparations. Whenever there was a threat to the Muslim ummah, to the Islamic state, Whenever something needed to be done, the Nabi of Allah sallallahu alayhi wa would make such preparation and put in place such planning as though he did not expect any aid and assistance from Allah. Understand what I'm saying? His preparation was to the level as though he did not expect any aid from Allah. But his reliance and his tawakkul on Allah was to such a level that would, that notwithstanding the complete planning and preparation, his reliance was only on Allah and no reliance on his planning. So on one hand his preparation was complete and on the other hand his tawakkul and his reliance on Allah was also complete. Allahumma minni al-juhd wa alayka tuklan Oh Allah, this is my effort. Wa alayka tuklan but my reliance is solely on you. So what do we find in the battle of Badr? And the Sahaba were hopelessly outnumbered and outclassed. 
If you would put any military general on that field, he would say the only thing, the only solution for us is retreat. Hopelessly outnumbered, hopelessly outclassed when it came to military, when it came to artillery, when it came to cavalry, when it came to weaponry. There was no way on earth possible for the Muslims to win. But the Nabi of Allah's focus was on the promise of Allah. While his focus was on the promise of Allah, what preparation did he make? With what meager means were at his disposal, he did every single preparation possible. The first thing he did was he made sure his sahaba all were behind the course. He made sure that every sahabi that was in the battle was 100% behind him. And that the morale of the sahaba were on a high level. The second thing he did, he sent numerous sahaba to covertly gauge the enemy's strength and position. So many sahaba went as spies in the middle of the night to see exactly what is the number of the disbelieving army, where they are based on the battlefield. His reconnaissance was complete. The next thing he did was he surveyed the battlefield around him. He looked at the land and the terrain around him. He took mashura with sahaba and he placed the Muslim army at the most strategic point on the battlefield. And then when it came to the time of the actual battle, he himself arranged the formation of the Muslim army. He himself arranged the sufuf, the rows of the Muslim on battle. The battle rows. As we have the sufuf being straight in the, in the salah, the Nabi of Allah sallallahu says in the same way, in military and jihad, the sufuf must be straight. So he made the sufuf straight. And as he was going past the sufuf, there was one sahabi who was standing a bit forward. So the Nabi of Allah sallallahu tapped him with his spear and pushed him back. And he said, stand in the saf. And this sahabi said, oh Nabi of Allah, you have injured me. O oh, Nabi of Allah, you have injured me. And Allah has sent you that any injustice must be rectified. So the Nabi of Allah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, he lifts up his garment because that sahabi did not have anything on his bare skin. He lifted and the, and, the, the, and the butt of the spear of the Nabi of Allah hit his bare skin. So the Nabi of Allah lifts up his kurta. And this sahabi goes on his knees and he hugs the Nabi of Allah and he kisses the abdomen of the Nabi of Allah. And the Nabi of Allah says, why have you done this? And this sahabi says, oh Nabi of Allah, we know what is in front of us. I don't know whether I will live to see the end of the battle. The last thing that I wanted to do was that my skin must touch your Mubarak skin. So the Nabi of Allah made the sufuf of Sahaba straight. He arranged their formation. And then he retreats to the position or goes back to the position of where the general of the, of the army stands.
He goes under this shelter that Sahaba had hastily built for him. And then he lifts his hand and he cries. And he cries. And he cries. And his crying is incessant. And he's lifting up of his hands higher and higher and higher until the shawl falls off from his back. Until Abu Bakr radiallahu anhu says, Oh Allah's Nabi, this is enough. It is enough. Allah has answered your call. Allah has accepted your dua. So irrespective of what meager means were available, the Nabi of Allah put in every effort. And this is a lesson of badr. In Uhud, what lesson do we learn? In Uhud, we learn the lesson that there will be weak spots. In our defense, there will be weak spots. And it is of our utmost, if it is of the utmost importance that the weak spots be plugged and secured. We know that when the Nabi of Allah was surveying the terrain for the battle of Uhud, and he noticed that weak spot at the back, where the non-Muslim army could come and catch, and in a pincer movement, would surround the Muslims from the front and the back. So the Nabi of Allah placed those 50 archers on that hill above that pass, that mountain pass. And he told them, no matter what happens, do not move from this place. And those Sahaba, when they saw the Muslims, that victory was with the Muslims, and a group of them said, the battle is already won. The Nabi of Allah's instruction is complied with. But the Amir said, no, you need to remain here. But there was a group of Sahaba that did not comply. And we know what was the end result of the battle of Uhud. But this is a lesson, Allah made it that way, that this is a lesson for us until the day of Qiyamah. That the weak spots of the Muslims must always be plugged and must always be secured. What does Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala tell us in the Quran? Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, وَأَعِدُّوا لَهُمْ مَسْتَطَعْتُمْ مِنْ قُوَّةِ وَأَعِدُّوا لَهُمْ مَسْتَطَعْتُمْ مِنْ قُوَّةِ That prepare for the enemies of Allah and for your enemies مَسْتَطَعْتُمْ مِنْ قُوَّةِ Your utmost, the greatest sacrifice the most amount of effort you can exert, exerted in strengthening yourself. To the highest level of securing your strength, your combat readiness. And from steeds of war, war horses, because that was the cavalry at the time. تُرْهِبُونَ بِهِ عَدُوَّ اللَّهِ وَعَدُوَّكُمْ وَآخَرِينَ مِن دُونِهِمْ What will be the effect of your combat readiness? Not engaging the army, not engaging the enemy, but Allah says the effect of your combat readiness, just being prepared and ready, is Allah will put fear in the hearts of His enemy. 
in the hearts of your enemies. Allah will put fear and awe in their hearts. وَآخَرِينَ مِن دُونِهِمْ Allah will put fear in the hearts of those threats that you did not even know existed. آخَرِينَ مِن دُونِهِمْ لَا تَعْلَمُونَهُمْ اللَّهُ يَعْلَمُهُمْ Certain threats that you knew nothing about. But because of your combat readiness, Allah will check those people as well. So the Nabi of Allah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, when he makes tafsir, when he gives the meaning of quwa, the strength that the Muslims must prepare, he says, Ala inna al-quwwata ar-ramyu. Ala inna al-quwwata ar-ramyu. Three times, Ala inna al-quwwata ar-ramyu. That your strength is to know how to shoot, is marksmanship, is artillery. In the time of the Nabi of Allah, it was bow and arrows. This changes according to the different stages and technological advancements of mankind. Today it is a different form of artillery that we use. But this fact that the Nabi of Allah sallallahu alayhi wasallam spoke of this weapon so much, so profusely, the weapon of the bow and arrow that it may not be the most powerful weapon, but it will always be a powerful weapon. Uqba bin Amir radiallahu an, the Sahabi of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa is now elderly in age. But he is still on the training grounds, and he is shooting his arrows between one target. So you shoot, and then you collect your arrows, and there is another target on the other side, and you shoot, and you go there and collect your arrows, and back and forth. So someone asked him, Uqba bin Amir radiallahu an, that you are elderly in age. Why are you still exerting yourself in this way? So Uqba bin Amir radiallahu an, he replies, that I heard the Nabi of Allah sallallahu alayhi wa saying, that the one who has learned archery, and then abandons this, then he has disobeyed Allah and his Rasul. This same Uqba bin Amir radiallahu an states that Allah will use one arrow. Allah will use one arrow. And because of one arrow, Allah will put three people into Jannah. Allah will use one arrow and with that one arrow he will put three people in Jannah. The first person is the one who manufactured the arrow. And he manufactured it with the, good, with the right intention. Seeking the pleasure of Allah in his manufacture. That it must be used in the path of Allah. He will be the first in Jannah. The second in Jannah will be the archer who shot that arrow. And the third in Jannah will be the one who goes afterwards and collects that arrow and returns it to the archer. Three people in Jannah. And then he says, the Nabi of Allah predicted, he says, That the earth will be conquered for you, you will be granted victory. And your hardships and your difficulties will be relieved. 
means you will be living in an era of peace and prosperity. The Nabi of Allah predicted this and it happened the same way. That you will live in, a, in an era of peace and prosperity. The Nabi of Allah وسلم, says, do not let that peace and prosperity mislead you in thinking that I should no longer use my bow and arrow. Don't let it mislead you. Still continue with this. That the, that the lesson that the Nabi of Allah وسلم, is teaching us, that even when there is peace and prosperity, the believer must be combat ready. Even in peace and prosperity, he must be combat ready. So this bow and arrow, that is the sunnah of Rasulullah that is a means of entering a person into Jannah. We as Muslims must bring this back in our lives. It may not be as powerful as a gun, but there are still many, many benefits. Number one, you don't need a license to get this. You don't need a license to get this. You don't have to go through legal loopholes to get this. You don't need a safe in your home to store this in. The possibility of you shooting yourself in the foot with it is minimum. The possibility that your children may shoot yourself with it is minimal because of the strength that is required to pull back that drawstring. And the power of a bow and arrow, and we're talking about the long bow in medieval history, that the power of that was that in a distance of 200 meters, it would, it would easily, it would easily pierce through enemy armor at a distance of 200 meters. What do you think will happen to a person who is 10, 15 and 20 meters away from you? But with every weapon, there must be a level of competency. We must know the safety rules of every weapon. That is why the Nabi of Allah in his time also said that no person must walk in the public areas with his sword unsheathed. It must be in its sheet. No person must walk in a public area with the arrows in his hand. It must be in the cover. So there is safety and security built in. But the lesson behind this is the combat readiness that this ummah must have. Mullah Masihul Ummah Rahimullah used to often say that teach your children three things. We are teaching our children all sorts of things. All sorts of extracurricular activities. We must envision for the future of our children. How will that help us and how will that help them for the possible eventualities that will come in the future? How will that prepare them for those eventualities? Mullah Masihul Ummah Rahimullah used to say that teach your children three things. He said teach them the Quran. Teach them what Allah teaches us and Allah instructs us in the Quran. Give them the, the, give them the gift of the knowledge of the book of Allah. The second thing he said teach them is how to earn with the skill of their hands. Not by being employed by someone, but how they can make money with the skill that is within them on their own. And he said the third thing teach them 
is teach them a martial art. Teach them a means of self-defense. He said, if you will do this, your child can be anywhere in the world. He will always be successful. Because he has the Quran to keep him on the straight path. He knows how to earn money without being employed by anyone. And he knows how to defend himself in any situation. This is the teachings of our Islam. That we must be ready for eventualities. The Nabi of Allah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam says, Al-Mu'minu al-Qawi khayrun wa ahabbu ila Allah min al-Mu'mini al-Da'if. He says, the believer that is strong and capable is more loved and closer to Allah than the believer that is weak. But in every believer there is goodness. But the believer that is strong, he is more beloved to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala than the believer who is not strong. That is why the Nabi of Allah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam has taught us that this dua, Allahumma inni a'udhu bika min al-hammi wal-huzn wa'udhu bika min al-ajzi wal-kasr All I seek your protection from being incapable, incompetent, from being lazy, from not having drive in me. وَعُوذُ بِكَ مِنَ الْجُبْنِ وَالْبُخْرِ Allah protect me from being a cowardly person. Protect me from having cowardice in my heart. So we know that the situation that is possibly to come in front of us. The government has given assurances that we will make sure that the country is safe. If this is true, then alhamdulillah, we thank Allah for that. But we know from past experiences, لَا يُلْدَغُ الْمُؤْمِنْ مِنْ جُحْرٍ وَاحِدٍ مَرَّتَيْنِ A believer is not bitten from the same hole two times. He learns his lesson on the first time. And he makes the necessary preparations. We know that there are many efforts to bring the believers on amal and good deeds. And that is imperative and that is necessary for us. But the physical effort is also necessary. We always speak on dua and dawa. We say there must be dua, we must supplicate to Allah, and we must have the medicine as well. Not that we have one and not the other. Because both go hand in hand. And this is what the Nabi of Allah وسلم, has taught us. That is why every community must have in mind a plan of action. Working within the framework of the law, but if certain eventualities happen, how will we respond? What will we do? You see, the way of cowardliness is I remember a security expert, he was once telling me, he said that there was once a radio program that was speaking about crime and there was a scholar who came on and he said that if someone tries to rob you, mug you, break into your home, give them whatever they want because your life is more important. He said the next week crime tripled in the Muslim community. This world is a cruel, harsh place. 
we are not secure by cowardice and pacifism. The Nabi of Allah says, Man kutila duna malihi fahuwa shaheed. The person who is killed fighting to protect his wealth is a martyr. Waman kutila duna damihi fahuwa shaheed. If you are killed fighting to protect yourself, you are a martyr. Waman kutila duna dinihi fahuwa shaheed. If you are killed fighting in protection of your deen, you are a martyr. And if you are killed fighting in protection of your family, you are also a martyr. The Nabi of Allah has put all of them together. That all these peoples are martyrs. So when we will be ready, we will be combat ready, we will take the necessary precautions then insha'Allah on our combat readiness itself, Allah will put such awe in the hearts of our enemies that they will be afraid to make any move against us. May Allah Ta'ala protect us and our communities. May Allah Ta'ala protect the Muslim Ummah. May Allah Ta'ala save this country from looting and destruction. Wa akhiru da'wana. Alhamdulillahi Rabbil Alameen.